You're listening to Podcast BXN, a video game podcast delivering player experience news. Let's go! What is up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN episode 154. I am one of your hosts, Roshan Warner, aka Roro, and I am joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan, Dan the Halo Man, Daniel Prindle, Dan at Dan is DTM, and the host of Large Popcorn and Video Essays, the boyfriend of my wife, Princess Daisy, Prince Christian Messias at ISO Christian, and the Tarkov Teletubby. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> and the Tarkov Teletubby Gage, Andrew. Dempster at Gilbo Biggins. How is everyone doing today? Fine until I saw Dan sucks written on somebody's. Oh. It's okay. tattooed, baby. Permanent. Oh wow, that was I'm a tattoo. Love- that was a tattoo you got. Huh? That's what I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that you held it there for 15 seconds and then said it in case anyone missed it. Well, on my end, the camera's like flipped, so it just says like Ned cucks. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Thank I'm you. doing well, bro. Thank you. Good. I'm doing good. We're going to have a fun show today. I could already tell. Thank you to Hell everyone yeah. watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search Podcast BXN and you shall find us. You could also find us on Twitch, recording at the same time at twitch.tv slash podcastpxn. The topic of the show this week is a 2022 vibe check. We're going to go through the last four months of this year gauging our hype for the rest of the big hitters that are coming for the rest of the year. So that'll be fun to check in how we're feeling about Sonic, how we're feeling about Modern Warfare, and some Mm. other games as well. But before Mm. we get there, let's start with the quick bites. And the first one is a little bit of a PSA. The PlayStation, Sony people over there, they raise the price of their consoles. Very upset about it. Everywhere besides America, where inflation apparently is the worst, but... Anyways, let me go into the, 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 the first quick bites. Damn. Nintendo and Xbox won't increase their console prices. On the heels of PlayStation's announcements to raise the price of the PS5 in certain regions, citing the global economic environment as the reason, Nintendo and Xbox announced that they won't be doing the same for the respective consoles. So if you're worried about this being a start of a trend, if you're not, Xbox and Nintendo are not going to be doing the same, which is good. But I just thought it was funny that they are like, <laughs> don't worry. We won't do that either. For yeah. now. For I now. Know this is, right. I know this is a quick bite, but I, I have to stop and say that. No, please. Very weird. For this to come out, when this news came out, it was like, I don't know, like 9, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Like drop mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Uh, and then like days later, because uh, I don't see this on the dock, I, I can say it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like uh, confirmed that Sony is able to manufacture lighter PS5s, and those are now out in the market, That's so they really weigh less, assuming that uh, some kind of cost went down for them to make smaller parts on the inside of, of PS5s to make them a bit lighter. Theoretically, this would make maybe manufacturing cheaper. Mm. So then why the price increase? Why are we dropping... The, and like, they're already it's already profitable for them. Like, they're making money on these units, so why put this onto the consumer? I don't know, man. It's kind of kind of messed up. I gotta say. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, it does follow the trend, though, because this entire generation, uh, PlayStation, has been kind of doing stuff like this. Small things, but, like, nickel and diming their customers, almost, whether it be video game upgrades or um, uh, with the uh, PlayStation Plus uh, premium when that first came out, how you could kind of stack them up and then you couldn't anymore. It's it's very strange, but it seems to be, like, a, a pattern with Sony right now where they're just kind of... Yeah, it almost seems like nickel and diming. It's very strange. 
We begin it to our next quick by Konami to announce new game at Toku Game Show. Konami will announce a new game at TGS 2022 that is described to be uh, described as being part of a series that is quote beloved around the world. According to VGC sources, it is unlikely that this Konami reveal is related to Castlevania, Metal Gear, or Silent Hill, but. Yuki Kaji will be uh, on the stage to announce a new game. Kaji is a pretty big name in the video game voice acting space. He has appeared in Grand Theft Auto V, Final Fantasy XIII, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and many, many more. He's only appeared in three Konami games, however, two of which are part of a long dormant franchise called Suikoden, uh, which is a JRPG uh, that came out on the PlayStation. And he's also been in a Japanese-only game called Terror of Stratus on the PSP. Uh, Suikoden is apparently one of the most popular choices among fans that this might be a reveal for, but who's to say? Do you guys have any 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 ideas, maybe? I guess it's not it's not any of the big hitters, so it's kind of hard I, to guess here. I was never into Suikoden. I never I just never yeah. had it, never had knew anyone who had it. So I just it's a, it's a franchise, I guess, a series that I missed. So I have no no attachment to it. Much like another game we'll talk about later. Um, but I am keeping my expectations in check regardless. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's Konami after all. We, <laughs> you never know what to expect with those guys. Um, but moving on to our next story, kind of exciting. Uh, Logitech handheld leaks. It has been known that Logitech was teaming up with Tencent to make a handheld dedicated to cloud gaming. Yesterday, new lim- images leaked that show off the device resembling the Nintendo Switch. We've got a good look at the UI and some apps that may be built into the hardware, such as an Xbox app, a YouTube app, a Google Play app, and a Steam app. Logitech's Yujesh Desai said, quote, as someone who grew up playing video games, the idea of being able to stream and play AAA games almost anywhere is super exciting. And we can't wait to show everyone what we've been working on. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the Steam Deck. It's going to be a while until I get one, but it's cool to see more of these types of uh, the hard, these hardwares pop up. Uh, more and more companies get into this cloud gaming space. Xbox has been doing it. Uh, it would be so cool to see Xbox do like a portable thing. They don't have to because they have xCloud and the, the, the streaming puck that's on the way. It would be so cool if they did, did do something like that. But yeah, I'm excited for more cloud gaming consoles on the horizon. Bro? Yes, sir. Speaking of hardware, I have another quick bite for you if I can Please. insert it here. Please do. This comes from Tom Warren slash The Verge. Samsung has just announced its first OLED gaming monitor. The 34-inch Odyssey OLED G8 is a 1440p panel with a 175 hertz refresh rate and a 1800R curve. It even has Xbox Cloud Gaming and Stadia built in. So if you got money for a brand new spanking, brand spanking new monitor, uh, maybe you want this OLED model from Samsung. Definitely. Do you guys... I know. Do you, are you guys any of you still interested in a in a Steam Deck or something like this Logitech uh, console in the future? I think it'd be. I I would be more interested in the Steam Deck than I would be in this, just because mm-hmm. the cloud aspect. Because I mean, I can get you know the cloud gaming stuff from my phone or my tablet or all that I already have. So, uh, I, personally, if I were to get one, it would be the Steam Deck. But even then. I don't PC game enough to warrant me getting that. So yeah, right, right. Yeah, I I, I kind of echo what Dan says. Although it'll be interesting to see what the pricing is, right? Because if this is a cloud focused machine and it comes in several hundred dollars cheaper, then that might be something that picks up its own little casual market. But yeah, no, for someone like me, I would I would definitely pick up the 
uh, Steam Deck over this. Yeah. All right. Moving into our next quick bugs, Facebook gaming is shutting down. The Facebook gaming app on iOS and Android devices will be shutting down on October 28th. However, that doesn't mean Facebook gaming feature is going offline. It will still be available for users, but now only in the Facebook apps gaming section. Meta, formerly known as Facebook, did not state the reason behind Facebook gaming apps closure, but the shutdown does signal Facebook gaming's possible underperformance. Uh, though Facebook gaming made an effort to become the new place to host streams, Twitch remains unmoved as the de facto streaming platform. And my question is, can anybody dethrone the king that is Twitch? I mean, if it was going to be anyone, I don't know if it was going to be Facebook, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but is somebody going to yeah. do it? I don't I don't know. Um, Not even YouTube can. Yeah, true. True. Yeah. Yeah. Only only time will tell. They recently changed their uh, their partner agreement where people can stream on multiple platforms now. So people like kind of funny was testing it out this week uh, where they were testing streaming on YouTube instead of Twitch for their daily uh, news show. So. Interesting that they would decide to do that. That kind of sparks even more competition for for them. They, sure. right? they were also uh, simultaneously streaming straight to uh, TikTok. Right. I got yeah. on the I got on the app this morning and, or that morning and it was on there. I was like, well, okay, yeah. crazy. Very interesting. I'm excited to see what uh, what next streaming platform comes up, and I hopefully they last a little bit longer than Facebook Gaming did. Moving on to our next story. New Mafia game is in development. This comes from, uh, well, straight from the source on the Hangar 13's uh, website. They did a developer interview. Roman Haldick, who, has been, who was a supporting art director on the last Mafia game, well, Mafia 3, and he's been at the company for 25 years, uh, says in a developer interview, he is happy to confirm that we have started work on a new Mafia project. And I'm trying to get the rest of the quote from Nobelian. It's loading. And here it is. While it's a few years away and we can't share anything more right now, we're really excited to keep working on this beloved franchise and to entertain our players with new stories. Now, I'm not a huge Mafia guy. I haven't played any of them. I heard Mafia 3 wasn't that well received, but the story apparently was really good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm down for more Mafia, even though I haven't played any of them. But I'm excited for the people who are excited for this game. So I'm glad the franchise isn't dead after Mafia 3. Yeah, there's rumors that this is going to be a prequel uh, as well, which would be very oh. cool. So, yeah, Mafia 3 story was very good, but the gameplay they just ruined from Mafia 2. Mafia 2 is great gameplay-wise. Hmm. Hopefully they go back to their roots with this one, at least gameplay-wise, and they keep the story stuff from from uh, Part 3. My All favorite right. my favorite part from Mafia 3 is when the, the game started, and, and who's the, the lead again? I forget his oh, name. Jeez. Uh, I just blanked on his name. Anyway, he's it's the game starts happening and it says it's mobbing time, and then you know, <laughs> press the hamburger button on the Xbox to start. Whatever. Hamburger. <laughs> the three lines, whatever. The three uh, horizontal French fries. Yes. The hamburger button. I know what you're talking about now. Yes. <laughs> okay, hold on. I have oh. a question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. What do you call these fucking buttons? I don't know. I think In they the have. Middle. Is it one like a share button? It's menu and view is the official names. Uh, Start and select. Thank you, Gage. Start and select, yes. (laughs) Moving on to our next story. PlayStation, well, we're moving into the acquisition station part of our our 
podcast now. We've got three acquisition stories here. PlayStation acquires Savage Game Studios. PlayStation welcomes a mobile game studio, Savage Studio, to the family. Quote, it will operate independently from our console development and focus on innovative on-the-go experiences based on new and existing PlayStation IP. Savage Game Studio doesn't appear to have produced any games yet, but its co-founders had a hand in mobile franchises like Clash of Clans and Angry Birds. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, it's a new studio, right? It doesn't have much history besides oh, yeah. the, the talent that is there, but Christian, I, I saw like you doing this, some man. thumbs down. Yeah, yeah I, I don't like this. I, 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 the only person I can blame is Jim Ryan, because that's like the you know, president. So like, yeah. if I'm going to blame anyone, it's him. Uh, very odd decisions from Jim Ryan this whole generation. Not really vibing with the stuff that he's been like wanting to do. For the most part, I think like he has had a lot of successes. This seems like so weird, and I'm not sure who is like hankering for a Sony experience on their cell phone. Granted, I know that mobile gaming is huge in other parts of the world, like specifically like Western Asia, like Japan, like huge mobile gaming over there. So maybe there's a market there, but I, I don't know. This seems like the only thing I can akin it to is like uh, like the, the MCU discourse where it's like feels like we're getting a lot of stuff that's not really quality. Granted, we're getting quality experiences from Sony as well, but. It just seems like they're like spreading everywhere, going into the movie business, going into uh, multiplayer suit, and now mobile gaming. Granted, we haven't seen any of these like what they look like yet, but like I don't know, mobile gaming just is, to me is a weird one, and not yeah. one that is exciting to me. I think it's possibly that they're feeling some pressure from the acquisition of Activision that Microsoft has coming up because. Activision, remember, is a huge mobile uh, publisher. They acquired King a while back, and they have a few um, mobile game um, developers under their wings. So maybe Sony's looking at that like, we got to get into this business because we can't let Microsoft just dominate that um, right. that realm of the See, space. Dan, yeah. this is why I call you the video game insider. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I think even Nintendo has their own foot in that stuff too. I don't remember the company, but yes. they've got they've got a lot of mobile games as well. Of course, Nintendo, like Sony, very popular in Japan. So yeah, maybe Dan's right. Maybe they're just trying to cover their bases here. I agree though. It's kind of weird. Not something that I'm hankering for either. I don't even know what kind of IP I would want to see, like existing IP that I want to see from Sony be turned into a mobile experience. I remember there was a on the PS Vita. Do you guys know Toro the Cat? Anybody? Yes. You know, Tori, yeah, I, he would be like a nice mascot for mobile, like specifically for that market. But anybody else, I don't know, like Astrobot, Sackboy, maybe. Yeah, that's know. like the only but, thing yeah. I can think of. Right? Yeah, I yeah. Tor, Tor the cat is long dead, so it would be weird for him to even show up again. But that was the first character that came to mind. Astrobot, Endless Runner, like Super Mario Run. Yeah. I don't know. Moving on to our next story, Quantic Dream has been acquired. Quantic Dream, the developer behind games like Detroit Become Human and Heavy Rain, has been acquired by NetEase Game, one of China's largest video game companies whose catalog of games developed and published include Knives Out, Naraka, Blade Point, and more. Knives Out? What? Is there a game called Knives Out 2? I've never heard of this game. I have no idea. That's super weird. Anyway, <laughs> this news comes from a posting released by NetEase today uh, that calls Quantic Dream its first studio in Europe. It's unclear how much the acquisition costs NetEase, but the developer publisher says it will allow the, the studio to continue to operate independently, focusing on creating and publishing games while supporting third-party developed titles 
as well. All right. Knives Out, the game, uh, is a mobile uh, <sighs> battle royale. Gotcha. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's why I didn't hear about it. Interesting. I'm searching it up now. Survive? Yeah, wow. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Huh. All right. <laughs> Will this get anyone to start applying to work at Quantic Dream? Ooh, no. I think it further makes them not want to sign up, probably. Yeah, huh. I don't know. Well, well, I'll probably have to wait and see to see what, you know, what more details come from this acquisition. Yeah. Definitely an interesting one. It, it Well, they said they're working independently still, so it's not maybe not a lot is going to right. change. But uh, I was surprised when I saw saw this, honestly. Natty's wasn't the, the first one on my mind, but I guess it should have been because they're buying everybody as well. <laughs> Um, moving on to our last acquisition one, Sony and Tencent increased their stakes in FromSoft. Sony Interactive Entertainment and Tencent have increased their stakes in FromSoftware, the prolific developer behind Dark Souls and this year's mega-hit, Elden Ring. The news comes from Gamatsu, which posted press release from Katakawa Corporation, the parent company from uh, behind FromSoftware. It says uh, that through third-party allo- allo- allotment, uh, Six Joy Hong Kong and Tencent Holdings subsidiary has purchased 16% of From Software as well. SE, SIE has acquired 14%. Uh, Katakawa still is the largest shareholder with 69% of the shares. Yeah, that brings us to the end of the acquisition station. Let's get out of here. It's gross. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. From Software wasn't acquired. Right. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, they, they are acquiring more stakes. I got you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty high. It is pretty high. Yeah, yeah, yeah not completely lost yet. <laughs> I put in a joke in our chat. Uh, it's a race to whoever can acquire FromSoft first between them. Right. <laughs> hopefully, no one. And if it's anyone, hopefully not Tencent. Yeah. Right. Well, they're leading right now, Christian, with sixteen percent of the Stop, company. Dan. Stop <laughs> it! <laughs> I refuse. Kurek is in the chat. Hello, Kurek. Thank you for joining us once again. What acquisition? Who brought who? Well, Quantic Dream was a- acquired by uh, NetEase and PlayStation. I'm sure you heard about this one already. Savage Game Studio was acquired, a mobile game studio. And Sony Tencent, not really acquired from Soft, but they raised their stakes. Just a little quick update there. But our last quick bite here is Bioshock Director has been found. After revealing earlier this they year... Lost him? What? Yeah. Nice. Earlier this year that Netflix was making a Bioshock movie, they have announced who will be directing it. In a tweet on Netflix's account, they reveal that Francis Lawrence will be directing the film. His most popular works include I Am Legend, Hunger Games Catching Fire, and Slumberland. Also revealed was the scriptwriter, who will be working alongside him. Michael Green, best known for Logan and Blade Runner 2049. Does this excite any of you guys? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, is there something? I, I, I need a link to this. Oh, okay. I where did I here? One second. I got it. The who? What? The, it's the writer of BR twenty four nine, if I remember right, correctly, right? He's yeah. Correct. He's writing the script. Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you still need the the link? I mean, no, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> uh, like, uh, this is one almost second. this is almost exciting enough for me to like get more invested in, in what a Bioshock movie could look like. Because um, previous, like when I first hear like video game ad- movie adaptations, I kind of tune it out. I have no expectations at all. But when you pick up quality writers and directors, uh, that starts to turn the tide for me. Uh, and this could, uh, this could be pretty good. This could be pretty, pretty good. Dan, how do you feel? 
I mean, I'd be super stoked uh, if the director is decent, like you're saying, and the writer's really sounds like he's really good as well. Uh, I'd I'd be down for that for sure. I love Bioshock. Uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see if they uh, try to keep it, you know, exactly the the story of the original Bioshock, or are they going to do like their own thing, or like how that's going to go? Because we've talked about it before about you know The Last of Us is you know gearing more towards that you know re re uh, imagining or or retelling I should say uh, of the original Last of Us game, whereas like the Halo TV series is like a completely different thing. So it's like. I, I think it's interesting to kind of think about what Bioshock could be because like much of what makes Bioshock fantastic is what was that first game story. So, yeah, it would be interesting. Well, I don't see anything about the director here. Am I looking you at the old, writer? old article? Or, yeah, the writer. Hmm. Where did I find that? This is from February 15th. I think I'm looking at an old article. Uh... February 15th. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Oh, uh, it doesn't matter. Point is, like, they have quality behind, like, there's going to be quality talent behind the camera. So that's that's always a positive. Yeah. Sure. It is a Netflix movie, though, and, and those adaptations don't go well for me personally. Like, the anime adaptations specifically are. What do you mean? You didn't, like, bad. You didn't like Death Note? Uh, <laughs> and they're doing another one. I enjoy Death Note as somebody who's never seen right, the anime. Shut up. Shut up. A great time. I'm gonna rewatch that tonight. Moving okay, well, good for you. <laughs> I'll try and find that article. I don't know where I where I where I found it. Obviously, it wasn't that one, but I did see that somewhere. I will try and find it later. Moving in to street meat. Oh, you smell yeah. that? Oh no! <laughs> Our first article for street meat is Assassin's Creed Mirage has leaked. Uh oh. Ahead of Ubisoft's big Assassin's Creed event in September, new details about the new game in the series have emerged. Through Though all of what I'm about to say is a rumor for now, nothing has been confirmed. A YouTuber, Jonathan, reported uh, that a new Assassin's Creed game called Assassin's Creed Mirage is on the way and will be launching in spring 2023. The game will reportedly take place in Baghdad in late 800s it will also return will also be a quote return to basics for the series with no leveling to report said the report said uh, reporter Jason Schreier said some of what's been reported about the new game is true like the name Mirage the setting Baghdad and the release window spring 2023 and the return to basics approach some parts of the leak may not be true however as Schreier's source said the rumor that the game will have multiple cities to explore is untrue the leak also su suggests players will control Basim, a character in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, in his youth, leading up to when he arrived at the Hidden Ones. The game will do away with dialogue choices and the ability to select a gender. Uh, the leak said, obviously, because you have a set character. The leak added the Mirage's report uh, reported back to the basics approach is inspired by the tw 2007 original Assassin's Creed and Ubisoft is working on a remake of this game. The alleged remake will be part of Mirage's season pass and they will uh, also be uh, constant OP, <laughs> Olope, I might need help with that word, DLC uh, report said. And yeah, that is the what we got so far. Guys, I know there's some Assassin's Creed lovers in this room right now. Are you guys excited about what may be Assassin's Creed Mirage? Dan, how do you feel? 
Yeah, uh, I think me and Gage have talked about it. I, I personally, I love both versions of Assassin's Creed. I know Gage is more of a traditionalist in that regard, but I'm down for a return back to the uh, roots of the franchise because, like, some of those elements I do miss, uh, like blending in with the crowd, stalking your prey. That kind of stuff was really cool, um, and see that reimagined was would be really, really awesome. Uh, and if the the part of the rumor that they're preparing the remake of Assassin's Creed One as well, that would be fantastic. Uh, I think we actually talked about that on our remake episode. So, yeah, would be down for all of it for sure. I wonder, like, how similar uh, a remake of AC One would be to the the next uh, Assassin's Creed. Like, would these be too similar, like back to back from yeah. one another? Yeah, and I think actually part of the leak says that they would even reuse assets from that game because uh, I guess it's a very similar setting. So uh, I guess that's partly maybe why they're doing the remake is because it, it shares so many similarities with this new game that they're doing. We'll say this game is insane on the present there will be visions of loki for how loki manifested into basim's body and consumed him what is what the fuck is valhalla even about dude um, yeah i sounds wild sounds crazy oh man so i think uh dan pretty much answered the, this question but does does the doing away of dialogue choices and rpg mechanics uh upset you or you, you you're okay with that you're 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 excited that it's going back to what made Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed. Uh, I'll let Gage answer there, but I'm yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm extremely excited. When I mean, when you think about it, when Assassin's Creed broke onto the scene, what was the big sort of feature of the game? It was it was the parkour, mm-hmm. right? That was the thing. It's like, oh, cool, medieval parkour. And then as the games got farther and farther away from the stealth, I noticed during my time with Valhalla, I was like, you could remove parkour entirely from this game and it would affect it very little like it kind of sucks to see that main feature sort of take the backseat so if this is more of a stealth focused like like dan said stalking your prey finding out where they go like that was that was the coolest part about the first one and then you sort of use the parkour to sort of find places to get to your advantage and take them out like that sounds awesome to me because there isn't a lot of that anymore like the stealth genre has kind of taken uh has kind of had the opposite of a renaissance really uh recently so i'm definitely very excited to get back to that and you're totally right about that gauge in terms of the the climbing mechanics in valhalla not being used as much like i i did talk about how much i enjoyed in valhalla how you could literally climb mountains in that game and i, I feel like it's very much breath of the wild driven from that but right. like but like that's not necessary because like you don't have to climb that mountain you could just go up the path that's right there so yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, on paper, this looks good, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would. I would want me personally would want to wait to see what what it actually looks like in action, just because I've I've been away from Assassin's Creed for so long that like I'd want to have it set in front of me like a video of like it actually running for me to actually judge whether or not I'm actually excited. But like, this is cool. This is what uh, fans have been wanting. So, good on Ubisoft for finally listening. Heck yeah. Possibly. We'll see it in Possibly, September. Right. September's uh, Ubisoft Forward. What else we might be seeing in September? A new Nintendo Direct might be on the way. Accor- this is according to GamesBeat Managing Editor Mike 
Matoni, and Giant Bomb reporter Jeff Grubb, who we're speaking on a podcast this week. What I'm about to read is an exchange between the two of them on the podcast, so going to be jumping back and forth between Matoni and Jeff Grubb. Quote, to be clear, guys, the one thing that we are very, very sure is being announced is at this direct is the Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports for the Switch, Matoni says. Quote, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of Zelda stuff at this thing, Grub said. I think this mm. is like a Zelda blowout for Nintendo. Quote, 100%. There's a Nintendo Direct in September. It's that simple. There is still some uncertainty uh, about whether this is will be a general Direct, maybe a mini. There's some talk that it might be a partner Direct. Grub added, if they're going to be, if there's going to be Zelda stuff there, it's not going to be a partner direct. And those are uh, the things that we've been hearing. The specifics that were name dropped were Twilight Princess and Wind Waker HD ports for the Switch, which again, had we not heard, sorry, which again, even had we not heard that, I would be speculating that would be happening right now while we wait for the run up to Breath of the Wild 2. There have also been some, end quote, this, there have also been some. Uh, speculation that Metro Prime might be at this uh, direct as well, the trilogy for the Metroid Prime series before Prime yes. 4 comes out. So that's an exciting one. Uh, but yeah, the way that they were talking about it on the podcast, it seemed like it's uh, it's coming. Like this, uh, these announcements are on the way, they're on the horizon. Jeff Grubb, pretty good at predicting what's going to happen next. He's pretty, has his ears to the ground, a lot of this stuff, a lot of great sources. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is this is happening. So very excited. Very excited. I, I have to grain of salt this. Okay. I'm sorry. For me, having ports of Wind Waker and, and Twilight Princess is not enough for me to consider this uh, presentation from Nintendo a complete Zelda blowout. I think if you're going to call it as such, I think you're going to need some kind of something for Breath mm -hmm. of the Wild sequel. Um, right. Hyrule Review at the very latest. And I know they said that they want to wait on that because that's a spoiler, I guess, for the premise of the game. They want to wait to show that off when they're ready to show it off. You can't have a Zelda Blau without not mentioning Breath of the Wild 2 in some capacity. If you don't, if you want to hold off for the tra uh, the title, that's fine. But show a little bit of gameplay and, and let's see, let us see how, how different it is. Um, that said, I am really excited for potential Wind Waker and Twilight ports, Twilight Princess ports, also Metroid Prime. That is elite, and I need it ASAP. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, it does not come out. By the end of this year, I need it to be a like early 2023 thing. Too many games in the in the fall. Too many, yeah. All right, we did it. It's time for the PXN news of the week. And this one's a little weird. It's not really news. It's a it's more of a discussion point that I thought we can get into before we get into the topic of the show. But the dis the the news quote unquote is The Last of Us. The Last of Us Part One has come out to a lot of people who in the industry. They've got their chance to play uh, to play it. And the reviews are out, and it's reviewing pretty good. Good reviews. Apparently not as good as the original, which I thought was interesting as well. But uh, still very good. So I'm going to read from IGN first, and then BGC, and then we can get into the discussion. Uh, IGN says, a gorgeous and well-honed remake of one of the biggest boppers in the PlayStation Pantheon. Dude. The Last of Us Part 1 is the best way to play or replay Naughty Dog's esteemed Survivor Classic. Can we talk about boppers for a second? I don't like that <laughs> word, even, when, even a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right, That's kind of the main reason why I, I chose that quote, because I just, I just love that he chose boppers as mm -mm. how to describe that. But yeah, he liked it. And that's that's what matters here. He gave it a a nine out of ten. Nine boppers out of ten. Let's go. Let me make sure I, I didn't get that right. But in the meantime, 
Uh, VGC says, $70 is a steep mountain to climb, but if you want to play the very best version of one of the greatest games that has ever been made, The Last of Us Part 1 is a triumph. He states pros such as jaw-dropping graphics, performances that st are still peerless, technical improvements, enhanced narrative itself, lighting and HDR ramp up the horror, and the only downside is the no multiplayer, which I would have to agree with. Give us factions. But uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you guys a, a couple of questions and maybe we could evolve from or degress, <laughs> depending on how the conversation goes from here. <laughs> but uh, the the price point, as the VGC uh, stated, we've seen a lot of the game as, well, maybe some of you guys have been a media blackout on this game. Uh, so depending on who I ask, it may be different. But the price point, do you guys think it is worth it now after what we've seen, the reviews? That, mm -hmm. Or it definitely de depends person to person. I'm not it, like it's a, it's but, definitely a hard question to answer. But yeah, that Christian, is like, that yeah. is the question. I've been talking about the Last of Us all day with friends privately, um, yeah. and this is price is actually something we didn't talk about because I think you know they say it in Digital Foundry video, and and I think the ultimate goal for Sony is to get this game out to people who have never played it before. Um, in preparation for obviously the the show that's going to come out because there's there's a lot of people that still have yet to play it Some people have barely played it for the first time very recently um, With part one and those reviews have gone up on Twitter. So I think for that reason People who have never played it may be more welcome to uh, Paying the full $70 because it looks so pretty and it's a, a you know triple-a game from naughty dog and like yeah This is what we want quality tells from Sony but there is also a lot of us who have already played it. Everyone on this podcast has already played it. Uh, and they've also maybe even owned the remastered version. I know I have, and I think Dan has as well. But he didn't even touch it. He played the I played the Left DLC. Behind. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like a weird thing. Like, is it warranted for $70? And I think Digital Foundry does a great job of marketing way better than Sony why it's worth this premium price. And we can get into that. But I want to hear your guys' well, thoughts on, on $70. And the, the PS4 upgrade, Christian, also, that was a discounted price, I remember, as well, yes. to upgrade it. So I do vividly remember that. Like, why? I, don't, I still don't understand why Sony didn't give that option to people who have already played the game, already owned the game. Game. like it, to me like this game is absolutely yes money uh, this game is absolutely worth $70 no doubt about it if you've never played it before but it, for people who have played it before it just seems like a slap to the face like you've already played this so sp spent another $70 you may have already spent 60 and then another whatever $30 upgrade or whatever it was for PS4 40 uh so yeah you've already spent a hundred dollars on this series give us 70 more like that doesn't feel great uh especially like you were saying road there's no factions in here and like you know not everyone played factions or whatever but it's still a piece of the game that's not in there so i don't know i don't feel really great about that either um so i i do think it depends on who the person is that's buying it, uh, whether it's worth it or not. Now, am I going to buy it still? Yes, unfortunately. I, I shouldn't. I unfortunately. Shouldn't. Well, <laughs> I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way. I just mean, like, I shouldn't, you know, I should back my my statement up and say, hey, I'm not giving you $70 for this, Sony, because I don't think that's fair for fans who have already purchased this. But I, I just love the first game so much, as all of you do as well. And uh, so that's why I want to play it again. <laughs> 
I saw I saw a really good quote that kind of put it into context for me because at first I was struggling with this too as to whether or not it's worth it. And again, values in the eye they behold are all that stuff. But like in terms of what they're offering, and I actually saw a really good uh, I don't know if it was a tweet or if it's a quote from a video because I've been seeing a lot of just conversation about this today. Um, so apologies because I cannot remember where it came from. But somebody um, said that it was imagine you are sort of um your favorite movie right you own it on dvd and then it comes out for blu-ray right you're buying it full price again it's price is different for movies and and video games but it's like you're choosing to buy it again because you're getting the best looking version of your favorite thing that's been updated it has more features and while yeah it is missing factions um i think that's only because they are planning to make a what seems to be a live service factions. Like I'm guessing if they weren't doing that, that they probably would have just remastered the multiplayer, bought a few thousand servers and been like, all right, here you go. Um, So I think that's intentional that that that's not in there. But that aside, like I, when I heard that, I kind of thought about that. I was like, well, that makes sense. Like I've spent money on movies that I love uh, to get the, whether it be limited edition or just Blu-ray edition, 4k, all that stuff. And these are movies that I could, stream off of multiple platforms like i don't need to but i did because it's something that's important to me that i want to watch again and again and again i want to make sure i have it so when when i saw this that kind of changed my perception on it and i kind of understood a bit more i mean clearly the work that's gone into it like shout out to digital foundry like you said christian also shout out to those guys in general because they service a very small niche and they do not let up they they every major release they they're there with with great videos if you're into the tech side of things but um yeah no i think it's totally i think um they they made a really good case as to the amount of effort and work that went into this so uh am i gonna pick it up this is the question i don't know if i'm gonna try and get a ps5 soon or if i'm just gonna wait to the pc release but we have no window for that like is that this year in december is that you know next spring which is really tough for me because i would love to play this on mouse and keyboard um but we'll see but will i buy this absolutely at full price yes i will Mouse keyboard is weird. Uh, I'm not gonna stop there. Uh, I like that metaphor of the uh, the movies, and then it, I think it works to a certain point because I think because factions is missing, right? This is like maybe on par with like getting a Blu-ray or sorry, the 4K version of your favorite movie, and most of the special features uh, are gone. Like maybe let's say like half of it, and more so than that, it's like most the, the George... for the Last of Us. Dude, factions rocks. Factions does rock, but is it the most? Like, I don't know. I feel like that's... Uh, like half, like half, all right? All Semantics, right. whatever. Like, part, <laughs> some of the special... I would, say, I would say you didn't get the digital code for, for like, the digital version of the There sure. we go. Yeah, that's a good... There we go. Yeah, good. But, like, <laughs> yeah. there, are sig- there are significant changes also. It's like the George Lucas things where George Lucas goes in and changes special effects here. Like, there is, there is differences here. I actually right. want to... I actually want to go through some of those things that... I, well, Ro has some questions for us. So there, I... I I'll stop there, but I have more stuff later on. Yeah, for for sure. I, I do have some more questions. I also wanted to give my answer to the price point as well, which I think I'm where Gage is on this, where I think it is worth it. I think everybody is going to be different as well because of just for different reasons. Not that any, I, as we discussed, everybody here loves The Last of Us. Nobody here doesn't like The Last of Us. We all love it. But I would love, I, like Gage was saying, this is my one of my favorite games ever. And if I get to play it again the way that it is with the PS5, it looks gorgeous. I can't, like, all these scenes, I just want to replay again. And they they got me. Like, 
I don't care if it's full price. I want to play this game. And it's, it's that simple, honestly. I don't even have to go deeper into it. I just want to play this game again because I love it so much. And if it looks this good. And, and the, I'm looking back at the old game and I'm looking at the new stuff. And it it's not a completely different game, but it, it there's something that is elevated because of the PS5 experience, the the facial animations and, and all that stuff that just some of those moments just seem to hit harder that I think will elevate the experience for me. Obviously, I haven't played it. I will play it. I would buy it at the full price if I had a PS5. Um, but does, yes. Kirk yes. does say he's he's already pre-ordered it and paid it in full. <laughs> Hell yeah. There we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, the next question... Where to, oh, oh, yeah. No, no, oh, actually, before, before you dig, you, yeah. you, you said something that, uh, that I think is a springboard for the, some of the stuff that I want to bring up too. Okay. Before we get into your next question, um, yes. some positive stuff. Digital Foundry, again, did a fantastic video. It's... 50 minutes long, 5-0, but it's well worth it. If you want to skim around or just like pause and take breaks, please do so uh, because that's what sold me on the game. They spent 20 minutes on lighting alone and how lighting changes the ambiance of scenes that I think that I was kind of down on first. Turns out Iraq is actually a lot better. And I remember when the PS3 version of the game first came out, um, going down into, uh, no spoilers, Going down into like the subways and there's like an orange wall and you have a flashlight on and as you approach the wall, <coughs> sorry, Naughty Dog <laughs> did like bounce, <coughs> bounce lighting. <laughs> Whereas you got closer because of the, the orange surface, the lighting would reflect orange onto the rest of the environment. So now the like subway that you're in starts to look more like an orange hue. And I remember thinking in 2013, like, man, this looks fucking incredible. Like this is the most lifelike lighting I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. And you go look at it now, like Digital Foundry like has like moments where they stop like in game, right? And they'll zoom in like, man, this looks absolutely terrible. Even uh, remastered, like zoomed in, like you can tell like it's just 720p. Maybe it's upscaled, I think, to like 4K, I think. Uh, but it's still like that base, like 720p, like, like upscaling from 720p, I should say. Um, doesn't look the greatest. Um, I mean, models specifically like look almost weird and disgusting. Granted, there's issues with the models we can discuss a little bit later on one of Rose's next questions, but like, God, the environments now look fantastic. The pre-rendered cutscenes look gorgeous. I was looking at the way water moves and light moves in water, and it's like, that's tripping me out. And then they stopped, and it's like, yeah, by the way, like, they also added, like, carpet mechanics or whatever, like, when you're the character, yeah. either you or your AI uh, teammate or the enemy is walking over carpet, like, the carpet will move. It, Naughty Dog is insane, dude. Like, small touches like that, like, really make it maybe the definitive way to play this game right yeah and yeah that oh yeah mm -hmm. also the spores that looks way different in in part one uh where i can't even tell like man if i were in the last of us universe like as me christian uh i would not be able to like tell like oh this is a spore environment i would totally breed those bad bad boys <laughs> and, and die uh, very Why? tough to tell my my next question is kind of what Christian was talking about, but was something lost with the graphical upgrade? Now that we have these realistic characters, it does look a little, it looks well. We'll talk about whether it's better or not. Was something lost with the the upgrade with these realistic looking characters as opposed to what I've seen a lot online, the art style of The Last of Us Part One? I like to talk about art style <laughs> as well, but. Yeah, what, what do you guys think? Was something lost with the character emotions gauge? What, what do you have to say? No. <laughs> Nothing is lost. Um, 
so well, this this has been an, this has been an interesting conversation, and um, I I guess I guess I don't have the objective answer. It's just a theory, although I'm very very confident in this theory. I think that the original Last of Us, if they could have had it their way, it would have looked realistic. I think that's what they were going for, and at, on a PS3. Uh, using that type of hardware that is th as close as they could get it right and people are saying that the act that the characters look different and all this stuff but they want clearly they're using the same mocap footage from the first one right they're just going in and they're and they're redoing all these animations and, and heightening them up which tells me that they wanted the game to look to get these performances across and you can't do that with stylized uh characters it will come out the uncanny valley will be way too much so i think that this is the natural evolution of naughty dog is that they want these lifelike cinematic experiences so in order to heighten these performances uh, touch up the animations you have to make the character models have more human-like features to capture the nuance of the performances and the emotional looks and all that stuff so um no, I mean, was was something lost? Like, no, because I, I genuinely think that the technology was there, that The Last of Us, when it first came out, would have looked like this if they could have done that. So that's my two cents. I don't think I don't think anything was lost. I think that this is just the vision that they had all along. I was I was ready to disagree, and then you, you brought me back because I realized I think you're absolutely right. I think in terms of performances, what they want out of them, this is the logical step that needed to happen. And again, at the point to Digital Foundry, there's a, a, a part where, I should say his name, uh, John Linman, Linman um, stops to analyze two cutscenes between Remastered and Part 1. It's like, look at, the, look at the eyes in this performance of Ellie between these two versions and, and like, tell me which one is better. And obviously it's Part 1 because like, in Remastered, they just look like lifeless, and these models just aren't really looking in where they need to look to really heighten the uh, the actress Ashley Johnson's performance. Right. And and in Part One, it it looks absolutely incredible, and it feels like I might be like be almost experiencing for the first time like all right. over again, if that makes sense. Uh, so I gauge, you know what, you're onto something there. And yet the model change still like something is off on a few of these characters where it's like I just have to get used to it. Right. Right. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that they looked older uh, on the new stuff, which obviously you guys said was probably more akin to the the art style changes and that kind of stuff and becoming more realistic, um, just more realistically portraying their ages. Uh, but yeah, that that is an interesting uh, difference that yeah, I guess people are, hmm, they look older now. He's got a, <laughs> Joel's got a little more gray. Dude, Joel yeah. looks older than part two. It's a little yeah, weird. That, that, <laughs> that, that one genuinely, there's an argument there. Like that seems to me like almost like an oversight. Like they didn't like, I don't know, because there are certain things about that where it's like the wrinkles in his forehead. Again, I think that's just having more like this game is newer than part two. It has more detail, but like the gray in his hair, like that's that's a deliberate choice. That's really strange to me. But there are certain things that people are really clinging on to like Tess. I'm like, well, if Tess is supposed to be around Joel's age, so if you play the first one back, you're like, she looks like she's in her like late twenties. Like yeah. this to me seems like how Tess probably should have looked in the first game. Like I always thought Tess looked younger than she was supposed to be, and like Ellie, I think looks like she does look older, but I still feel like she still looks like a fourteen year old. Like I don't think it's that far off. But Joel, yeah, they it's very strange. He's got a lot more gray hair than he does in uh, in part two. 
I did want to note like a, a, a change that Su Susie Hunter posted on Twitter. It was a video from someone else, but I don't think did I share it with you guys? Yes. Uh, yes. Here it is uh, from a video of Yang's review. I don't know who Yang is. Um, Yang, yeah. Yes, you're right. Yeah, thank you, Ro. Um, there's a difference between uh, like the style. Like, there's a moment in the beginning, acts, chapters, whatever, where Joel is chasing someone and he kicks open a door. And on the PS3 version remastered, whatever, like there's like camera shake and like uh, a little bit of a zoom in, and then like the audio is like of a, a slamming door. And then on part one, it's just like the it's Joel is still kicking in the door, but like the audio is a, a knob like turning. Um, hopefully, like those kinds of moments aren't like throughout like the whole game because I think there's like a certain quality that is just missing from this specific section. And this is more of a nitpick, right? Um, but still, one that was like, man, uh, it almost like soured, uh, kind of like just scrolling through the Last of Us discourse discourse in the morning. I was like, hmm. Should I be a little trepidatious? I don't know. Right. That seems almost like you're losing a bit of the, like, I hate, uh, it's kind of a pun, but like how grounded it is, right? Like you want that camera shake. You want that sort of, that like. Cinematic. Yeah, exactly. But but I feel like they might be thinking that it's cinematic to have everything look so clean. And that's what I'm getting worried about, right? Because in the first game, when you when you started doing the melee attacks, the camera would punch in and they would jump around and shake around, right? And uh if they want to keep everything nice and nice and still and clean so you can admire all the fancy stuff, then yeah, there might be something that's lost in translation there. Yeah. Great stuff, guys. Great stuff. Yeah. I, I am super excited for this game. I, I remember, I think all of us were at one point saying, like, do we need this? Do we need this game? And we're saying things right now, like the Last of Us 2013 slash remastered models look look weird compared to not weird but like next to the last of us part one it's like i think christians you said some of the performance look look lifeless and like that's that's a that's a that's a big hit <laughs> because if this game didn't come if part one didn't come out will we still be saying that about the game probably not right. we say like wow these performances right. are still so good but now that we have these two to compare to each other like wow this is such a huge step forward which i think for me is enough to spend that 70 dollars but yeah, Christian, you had one more thing. I have one more thing. I'm sorry. No, it's um, okay. Again, Digital Foundry. <laughs> I'm just pulling everything from them. Uh, they talked a little bit about the AI as well, because this is something that I think was in conversation a lot on Twitter. Is like, what did they change to the gameplay? It's Granted, it's not much. It's stuff that's having to do with animations and guns, which I think goes a little bit of a way to like make this experience feel a little bit different than Remastered. But uh, AI is insane. In Digital Foundry's video, they do a, a time-to-hit test where they, like, I'm not going to do anything in this actions, uh, you know, gameplay sequence. Let's see how long it takes for the AI to do something to me as the character to, to, for them to hit me. Um, the AI is hilariously laughably dumb in the PS3 version. And that is something I never would have thought looking back, I would say. You should watch it on video and it's like a minute and a half of them just doing the absolute just nonsense. <laughs> but, but them using but in part one, they're using like what they've learned, you know, you know as they progress through their games and in part two uh like the ai is so much smarter the way they interact in in like uh, the area that like the time to hit went from like a minute and a half to 12 seconds and the way they do it uh it like makes sense it feels more lifelike so that is exciting to me on, on a gameplay front hell yeah definitely i'm excited for the mods oh my pc is going to be crazy for this game it's going to be wild can we play as we could be frog Yes, oh, there. 
Well, we could do an entire podcast on The Last of Us. Maybe we will someday. But the quick fantasy critic draft check-in is here. And we're not much to report. No games came out, actually. But Splatoon 3, for me, comes out next week. Ooh. And Dio Field Chronicle comes out the end of September. And so does Gage's next game, a game that actually got a release date for Gage, Shovel Knight. You said, not, you said not much happened. Listen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well... I- a, a game is coming out for Gage, and another game got delayed. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gage is uh... well, the last big one that I could have got a lot of points with. I, I'm okay. <laughs> Things are not going great. Oh God! Things are not going great. Was it not going great? When was that that we just talked about this Gage, and you were like, "Yeah, well, it's coming," and I'm like, "There's no way it's coming." It's I <laughs> with boyish naive and wonder told dan directly while we were playing a game that no dan the sons of the forest is coming out this year and it's i'm not. just not it's i'm not having a good time <laughs> dude look at your yeah oh no rip this your whole looks lineup good. it's just sons nothing of... but those calendar x's you better you better start swapping some out gauge because you need you've got uh, you got a lot of x's here what did I do to deserve this? That's all I want to know. I feel like I'm a decent person. Like, I don't. That's fine. Moving on to the podcast. PXN, best of all time, August, video games, best video game setting. It was a finals between Rapture from Bioshock, Aperture Labs from Portal 2, Capital Wasteland from the Fallout series, and Seattle from The Last of Us Part 2. And the winner is drum roll please that's small off your face <laughs> yeah dan dan has won again everybody <laughs> capital wasteland fallout 3 You're is the winner I, I have a conspiracy I, theory that dan oh. is buying votes online no <laughs> not a fucking conspiracy theory at all that's the truth number one that's fucking ridiculous number one there was only 15 votes which our last one had i think like 60 some so that's not my fault i cannot <laughs> you know i cannot take blame for us not getting votes listen to the way he's talking right now what do you you're mean? You're so suspect. You're so su- dude. Gage, you're the one who the went. Lead. You're the one who went on Reddit and posted to a Fallout New Vegas Reddit trying to get votes <laughs> there. Okay, so. listen. I want to bring something up. Okay, Dan, uh, Dan, you have a history of doing this. Okay, I had a whole little <laughs> thing here where I was gonna do a recap because I was gone for two weeks. But whatever, we'll skip it. The time has passed now. But I'm gonna bring up one of my points. Nice. All right, this was from your greatest exclusives episode. Here we go. During that final poll, Christian offered to post it on his wall and on his uh, timeline feed, whatever. And Dan, you were worried that Christian posting it on his was unfair. You immediately posted it and started begging for votes. You can see it in the episode. You start asking in the chat and you start... Listen. Well, wait a minute. How is that, that unfair, though? We're, or we were all pandering for votes. We all Listen, went to Dan. our own our own twitter accounts I, and we all pandered I, for votes i think we have all the proof we need here guys yes. craft in the chat says thanks for the steam gift card dan in exchange yep. for the votes so yep, there it is there we oh, have it there oh, it is i'm not surprised so it's not true greatest yeah. video game setting ever capital city mm. Capital Wasteland, they, Christian. Uh, whatever, what whatever. Hey, hey, kids, you like the color brown? 
<laughs> maybe maybe sometime about the... art style. You guys. Maybe, <laughs> maybe sometime in the future we could do like a rerun of these polls, like when we have a <laughs> little get bit the more actual right answers. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be interesting, like just to put the exact the same four up against each other and see what happens, like in the future. Maybe we can, can we like get that. Dan right. banned off of Twitter for that week and see how the <laughs> votes? See how it real? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I pa I pandered fourteen other people to vote for Capital A, <laughs> or actually it wasn't even that me because that was fifteen total votes. Yeah. So listen. I, I, I want to on his burners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, at one right. point it was like, dude, Rapture was so far ahead of everything else. And then all of a sudden, right before the episode, look, looky here. Right before yeah. the episode, literally both Christian and I posted. I want to see your tax returns. I want to see how many digital oh gift cards gosh. you're buying. Both Christian and I posted to our Twitter accounts and then we got more votes. Yes, that is true because that's how that works. I this bet. My... No, it's more than that. It's more this than is... that. This is my impression of Dan in the morning. Wait, Kieran, wait. <laughs> I, need, I need you to go on Twitter, think... log on, and fucking vote for Capital oh. Fucking Wasteland. Oh I can't God. lose again. Kirik, oh is, Kirik is in the chat saying he voted for Seattle. So thank you, Kirik, oh for God. giving me some justification I can't here. believe it. I can't it's, believe you just did it's, that. It's time. For what oh you got God. for me yes got daniel yes what you got for me friend well guys the champion has got for you oh, God. he completed <laughs> destiny 2 witch queen's uh campaign finally many months later ro you and i started this many months ago when yes, the, when it first launched uh and we, we played on legendary which was very challenging but very rewarding uh but i turned it down to normal mode and it was way nicer of well, not nicer but easier of an experience so i could complete the campaign and it was very fun i really really enjoyed it and especially with the uh the stuff that they showed off for lightfall it has me very excited to get back into destiny a little bit more so nice. yeah very excited yeah Yes, and then, of course, we all have a shared game here that I will let somebody else reveal because I've talked about this game before, I'm sure, about uh -oh. how good it is. So true, pass, true. pass it to someone else. On that note, Christian, what oh, you got for I us? guess it's me. <laughs> um, a couple of weeks ago, I said I was playing a Plague Tale Requiem. Uh, I finally beat it last night, and uh, I gotta say, it, it was a chore to get through. Like, an absolute, I, it felt like work. I did not enjoy those later chapters. Like, sure, cute, you know, shout out to the indie team for making this, you know, like, this quality of a title, because it looks like the environments, the, like the aesthetics. Very beautiful game. The story just did not work for me. Uh, I, the characters are great, but the story just uh, didn't really go anywhere for me. Uh, and then just the gameplay was just not not fun and people were onto something when they said yeah these permit like instant deaths like once you get caught out of a stealth section uh these later chapters are pretty ruthless where it's like mm. almost annoying i'm playing the same section over and over again hearing the same dialogue over and over again because i failed a combat encounter not very fun uh, i beat it let me log on to gg give you my rating uh i think i gave it 2.5 out of five Oof. yikes and i was higher on it until those later chapters where i was just like it was frustrating so can i just say i hate five point scales i just hate them it's a 10 point it. scale what are you talking about oh you have point fives. okay never mind <laughs> i don't like five point scales either it's yeah. a yeah 10 point yeah 
Fair enough. Fair enough. You could you could change it on Gigi. Isn't mm-hmm. it always? It's always been ten point. Oh, I thought on Gigi was five as well. Never mind. My bad. No, it's it was good five stars with ten points. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Anyway. Uh, maybe you won't be playing Plato Innocence, but uh, or sorry, Requiem is the sequel. I played Innocence. I digress. Hmm. The game that Dan was talking about, mm-hmm. I had mm-hmm. to play this after our video game bracket for the greatest video game from the 2000s of all time. Halo 2 has been complete. And let me just tell you. <laughs> let me just tell you, Dan. Yeah. Gage, I'm sorry. Let me yes. tell you, Gage. <laughs> the presentation of this game, by far way way better than what i was expecting and i think this has a little bit to do with blur cinematics like they look fucking fantastic we're when we were playing gage was talking about how his uncle came into his room and during the original <laughs> halo 2 game and was like this looks like the movies well shut the fuck up <laughs> uncle gage because this looks like the movies now it looks fa- fantastic uh however unfortunately on the gameplay front i still find it to be kind of lackluster I gave it a higher rating on GG. I gave it 3.5 out of 5. Mostly, I think, for... <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Mostly, I think, for like what the story is doing. Its presentation, I think, uh, exceeded my expectations. And especially like in considering that it's a 2004 video game, uh, absolutely insane. Paved the way, I gotta say. But the gameplay, again, just moment-to-moment levels is a, a lot of waiting around for enemies to spawn in and then do something, and then it's rinse-repeat. Um, Vehicle is still fun, but yeah, moment to moment gameplay wasn't that cool. Environments, gorgeous. OST, banging. Arbiter, better character than Master Chief. Yes, sir. Ooh, no. Yes, sir. He said That's it. correct. He said it. <laughs> they can both be fantastic characters, Christian. <laughs> but he said one's better. Yeah, sure, said I one's said better. one's better. <laughs> the Arbiter is a better I, character. Yeah, I don't like Master Chief that much yet. Yet. Maybe that'll change with Halo 3. Maybe you're not supposed to like him all that much. Maybe you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be... (laughs) Okay, I I can reference something I said in in the pre-show as well that Gage wanted to hear. I do want to hear this, yeah. The the moment that I didn't like in the game was there was a moment where I felt like the romance between Cortana and and Chief was forced. Oh, yeah. It's not romance, though. It's not romance. But it's some kind of emotional relationship that they're building, right? And it's just like, oh, you're leaving... It's more so, so Cortana is literally in Chief's neural implant in his, in his head. So it's more, in my eyes, it's more so, you know, she is literally part of Chief because she's in his head. Like, if you were in somebody's head, like, 24-7, and that's all you heard was their thoughts 24-7, like, you would have some kind of connection to them, right? But, like, that isn't explicit, explicitly detailed in any kind of they, way. They could have fleshed it out more, yeah. It, it is, I would say that, like, looking looking at it on paper, it's kind of left open to interpretation. Like, there is, I think there is some sort of, like, hinty, like hinted, like, flirty dialogue. But it, I feel like you could definitely go either way. I don't know that I've necessarily thought of them as romantic personally just with my experience with the with the series but like i definitely don't blame you for thinking that like it does kind of toe the line of like and to be fair a little bit might be because of our own fault because we're playing this co-op it's my my first time so we're talking as we're playing right except for cutscenes but like we're missing little bits of dialogue i have some titles on some reading but it isn't the same also another nitpick that i had that dan didn't like but i have to say uh everyone in the galaxy apparently speaks english you know <laughs> everyone, everyone, yep. literally everyone. True. They're all speaking English. 
which that happens in a ton of other stuff. Like there's a million sci-fi shows out there where all the aliens are speaking English. I think that's more so just easier storytelling more so than, you know, bad. Doesn't that happen in Mass Effect with all the thousands of races? They've all decided to learn English. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like it in Halo 2. It's not as good. (laughs) I think... Um, And you also said, Christian, you, you weren't a big fan of Cortana's character, which a lot of her dialogue is in game. So like that is, that is one thing that Roe pointed out that is unfortunate that uh, subtitles don't work for in game dialogue, which kind of sucks because you do miss a lot by not seeing that dialogue. Cause Cortana honestly has more lines in in game dialogue in halo two than she does in. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I'm because I have subtitles on. I guess I'm reading the actual cutscenes, but I'm not reading in gameplay. Correct. Yeah. Right. Because there there are no. You're right. Yep. Damn. Gage, do you have anything to add on Halo Two? I don't. It's the best Halo that has ever been made. <laughs> so far, I <laughs> and, agree. Uh, um. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> and that was all that you had to, had this week, right? Halo Two. That's it. Yeah, it's been a busy week. Um, gotcha. So, yeah, uh, that's all I had this week. But right. having fun playing with the boys, and I can't wait for all of us to jump into Halo Three. That's gonna be fun. Yes, it's gonna be. There's a good gonna time. be tons of shenanigans. Wait, what so. do you mean, all of us? Ro hasn't played Halo Two, have you, Ro? <gasps> I have oh. played Halo Two. I played it with Dan, and we completed the story. And I don't want to repeat what Christian said because I'm pretty much on the same wavelength as he is on this one. Um, so I'll just sum it up with what I wrote at the end of my GG review, which I haven't done in a while. So Christian influenced me to do GG reviews again. Uh, but I wrote to sum it all up, Halo CE and Halo 2 are no doubt important games. FPS genre owes a lot to Bungie. However, so far I haven't played a Halo that has aged very well, which is definitely hampering my first experience with the franchise. We'll see how I like Halo 3. And I think that's been the trend so far where i'm playing these games for the first time in 2022 and these games to me don't hold up by 2022 standards and that's not really a knock against the game because they came out so long ago it's just that i'm expecting like these are the greatest shooters of all time and i'm expecting to play the greatest shooters of all time right and i'm getting a game that's aged not super great so that's where i i land down on it right about now But, but but again the story i'm loving arbiter awesome had some really fun moments with chief in this and yeah the story is fun, but the gameplay, I'm not enjoying that much. I will say, too, for you, too, I don't know if you want to put a little note on your GG reviews just to save yourself some hassle. I don't know if people can comment on your reviews or not. I did put a disclaimer, but no, they, they can't. You, yeah. guys have, you guys have also, you guys are only playing the campaign, right? So when you're right. rating yeah, a yes. game as a whole, like the revolu- like Dan talk- I, Dan was talking to Christian about this. True. Um, the revolutionary, uh, sorry, Dan was talking to Christian about this in the Best Exclusives episode, because I just recently listened to that. Um a lot of the features in Halo 2 specifically, literally every other game uses to this day. Like matchmaking, friends list, all this stuff, clans. Like there is a certain part that you're missing from from your reviews. And then also I think there is just a difference between how people review things. Like Dan and I are on a similar wavelength where if I am playing a game for the first time that's like in 2007, if it's clunky as hell, I'm going to think of other games in that time and then compare it to that. So, I mean, there definitely is just a difference in how you're reviewing stuff, but I'm very glad that both of you enjoy the Arbiter because he is, in my opinion, the greatest character in Halo. So, and 
That's exciting. I think that's fair, actually, Gage, because like nostalgia, I guess, could be a factor, but also like the the game design back then, like the wave based design, you know, when you're going to a room waiting for these waves of enemies to attack, that was kind of, you know, the standard back then. So. Absolutely. And some games were even and then that's why I wouldn't give it a knock to Halo 2 if I was playing it for the first time is that some games were way worse, like the old Call of Duty games. Yeah. Not only would you have to wait for things, but like I remember like up until I think like Black Ops 1, if you didn't move forward, yes. like if you couldn't for some reason, they would just keep spawning the enemies and you could get like <laughs> locked into certain areas or you're, you're yeah. running out of ammo, especially if you're playing on the harder like veteran and stuff like that. Yeah. And like you weren't able to push up because like because you got your timing wrong. They would just spawn another wave in, spawn another wave in. So like yeah. I would definitely be thinking of that as I play older games. But if you're definitely looking at your reviews from your own perspective of like, how does this play today? Then that totally makes sense. But yeah, yeah. no, I definitely... Uh, yeah, I agree. The only other game that I uh, played this week was Midnight Fight Express on uh, Game Pass. Well, I played another game, but I don't really want to talk about it right now. <laughs> Not yet. Uh, but Midnight Fight Express, um, I gave it a three out of five stars on GG. And I said, the game is fun when it's a brawler and frustrating when it tries to be a shooter. There are some serious in seriously infuriating levels that aren't fun challenges, but just plain annoying. However, the game excels. What the game excels at is hand to hand combat. You feel like a badass. Pulling off long combos and pairing enemy attacks is very satisfying. But in a world where Sifu exists, just play Sifu. In my <laughs> nice. Opinion. But uh, nice. it was it was fun. It was a it was a good time. But uh, there were some definitely some really annoying levels near the end where I was just, like, just want to get through this. I skipped the story completely. I don't know wow. what the hell happened in that game at all. I just the gameplay was fun enough, and the story was just honestly in the way of Shut playing out. it. Yeah. Shut out. You know, I did that with. Um... <laughs> oh no, I just lost it. I just oh, I, no. did that with a, I did that with a game recently. I can't remember what it was, but oh hell yeah, I do that all. Oh, uh, Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma. Uh. <laughs> Skipped A after every cutscene. I had a great time. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yep. Right. I will say, there, yeah. Ro, there are two games that I think um, are the best playing games that kind of come out this year. Games that feel good to play. Roller Drum is one, and you mentioned the other. I think it's Sifu. I think those two are probably like, mm. God, those, they feel so good to I play. I still got to get Sifu, man. I'm. It's You would it's... like it. I know like I would. I know I would. I just I missed the boat. I'm gonna wait until it's on sale and pick it up again. Uh, I I have an amendment to my thing because I, I totally forgot and not for oh. any purposeful not for any purposeful reason. I am playing Death Stranding. I don't want to hear and, this. And uh, <laughs> Christian, yeah, you're not gonna want to hear this. Um, this is gonna be the uh, I. This is such a this is such a bad take. I know it's gonna be a bad take. <laughs> I am playing this game not for the story but for the gameplay, which is interesting. I, I know the opposite of everything you hear. <laughs> I am really enjoying this game. I'm enjoying the vibes. The vibe check passes all the time. Um, I like the aesthetics of the game. I, I do enjoy the gameplay. I think it's refreshing to have a very not combative game. It can be if you want it to. And there are boss battles that you can't avoid. But um, it's I, I really like the gameplay. I like the sort of bringing your ropes with you so you can descend and mm. charting out your course and all that stuff. It's great. Story? Very Japanese, very <laughs> Japanese. If you're somebody who thinks that things his like name Resident is Hideo Evil, Kojima game, <laughs> I know his name is Hideo Kojima. <laughs> he does need an editor. editor. But listen, if you're somebody who finds the stories in like Resident Evil kind of like over the top, this is this is no better. <laughs> they may trick you with the with the actors 
and the and the delivery of the dialogue and the camera angles, but it's just as fucking nonsensical <laughs> and ridiculous. And I, I have Die Hard Man is a fucking real name <laughs> oh, of a God. real man. And the guy that takes care of the bodies, his name's Dead Man. And the guy that is the medical guy, his name's Heart Man. Yeah. Genius stuff. Oh, but that's there's, oh God. there's literally that's a so cutscene cool. where the where the, uh, this is this is not spoilers. Okay. Somebody will think it is because <laughs> everybody's spoilers gauge is different, but I'm telling you, realistically, it's not spoilers. There's an entire cutscene that happens on within like the first two or three hours of the game. Where somebody, a character has explained your character, the definitions of strand, stranding, and stranded. And I'm like, you could not be more on the nose. You're literally punching <laughs> yeah, me in the face. Yeah. It, it is. is yeah. It's the, the dialogue is just, it's very Japanese. It's very exposition heavy. It's very on the nose. And, um, but I am enjoying the game and I'm not putting it down yet, specifically just because of the gameplay. And there are certain nice. like character beats and, and some cutscenes that that work, but no, I'm most of the time I am skipping through these cutscenes. I'm doing a quick scan of the subtitle skips, quick scan skip. So there's that. But I'm enjoying Death Stranding. I'm really enjoying it. Dan, do you care if I spoil a small part of Hartman's story? I could care less. Okay. <laughs> Dan, well, oh, Gage, have you seen? Do you know who Hartman is? You I've met him. I don't know. Okay, so I I was talking to Robo this because I was trying to see how far he made it. I just did the new area switch that happens i don't know how far into the game i am but you not met hartman in, in person uh in person i don't think so no no, no i don't no, think so. no nicholas winding griffin then i'll save it because that i i will say this because gage is right it is a very japanese game and if you're not into that you're not into that right the story kojima needs a, an editor i i would say right uh because if you're it some of the stuff does get probably o o overly complicated uh, again, there's three definitions for strand right there that you know Gage just mentioned, but um, there are some genuinely cool stuff that like in that in that story. Like the right. beginning, like the vibes in the beginning, the like photo photogrammetry, like setting and like the the motorcycle and the score, like that shit's cool. Right? Can I? Here, I want to I want to add a little amendment here because I just as you were talking, I kind of in my brain I figured it out. Kojima, really good high concept stuff, really good concept stuff, like. The universe, the ideas, the themes behind everything that's happening, really good. But the specifics, the dialogue, the characters, the you know, the writing. I like it. Okay, <laughs> I don't. I think it's awful. <laughs> but I, but I, I agree with you in terms of like the concept of the story, like the the vibes or not vibes, but I guess the themes I'm getting from the story, what what it's what I think it's trying to invoke in me, I'm liking. But every time somebody's talking, I'm like, oh man. And fucking uh, Norman Reedus's character. He says no to everyone and helps everyone. He doesn't get convinced ever. Every time, I'm like 10 hours into the game, he's still saying no to people and then just going and doing it and helping. Like, just the small stuff where it's like, I think you're right. I think, like, Hideo Kojima would benefit from, like, having an editor to be, like, to just kind of chew out all the stuff that doesn't need to be there and extremely exposition heavy. Like, I cannot tell you enough how exposition heavy this game is. Everyone is explaining to you everything you need to know exactly as you need to note it. It's, it, but I'm, I'm, I like it. I'm liking it. It's, it's fun. It's what about time. Jeff Keighley's character? Is he oh, actually in it? <laughs> yes. Oh my yeah. God. So guy. is Conan O'Brien. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. I thought I mean, sorry, Gino no, was, not, or not, um, Guillermo del Toro was a bit much, but yeah, okay. Well, there's more. There's more. Good. All I can't right. wait to. Conan O'Brien, <laughs> goddammit. 
we've made it to the topic of the show, Vibe Check 2022. And this was sparked by a tweet that Christian saw me like regarding Sonic Frontiers. So why not start there? Sonic Frontiers Vibe Check. Christian, I was the Christian, yeah. no, the, the, the tweet that I like, the tweet in, the, in question is uh, they, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog News tweeted out a little video of Sonic running in one of the uh, cyberspace levels called City Cyberspace. Um, and the movement for Sonic is a little different than we are accustomed to in Sonic games, a little bit slower, maybe, a little more control. And it reads, do you see that lack of automation, minimal dash pads? You actually steer yourself into each trail of rings and actually have to aim your jumps to hit the trick hoops, multiple branching paths, question mark, question mark. He's going crazy. He's so excited for this. Christian, why yep. did this make you want to talk about Sonic Frontiers Pipe Check? Why, what, 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 what was weird about it? Yeah, because when I saw this tweet on my timeline, I immediately was like, yo, let's go. And I watched the, <laughs> the video and I'm like, this is cool. And then I thought about it and I'm like, hold on. There's some things missing for me. The, the momentum, that works, I think, in an open world setting. In these linear levels, there are like long stretches where it just feels like it's Sonic is moving probably too slow for his own good. Mm. Um, that like just granted, I won't know how it actually will feel until I actually get my hands on it. But like just based off this video, Sonic is moving too slow than what I'm used to seeing. And the second, which is probably not indicative of the final game, is that like I don't understand why Sega Team decided to put this video out with no music from yeah. the level. <laughs> that made that I think maybe with music on would make the level feel more alive because at the moment it feels dead and even the stuff that's going on is like yeah you're it's cool that you're like platforming by doing different things in the branching paths but it just feels still kind of empty and so like i'm this there's this push and pull that i'm getting from sonic frontiers and i'm like what i'm seeing is is cool and is enough to bring me in but it's not until i look closer that i'm like is this actually good though i don't know it's kind of hard for me to really tell I'm not sure. Yeah, from from what I saw here, I like the control that you're given uh, for Sonic. I think a big part of why people like Sonic so much is is replaying the levels and knowing where everything is. You're going super fast the first time around. You don't know where anything is, and then you learn at the level, and you can do these levels super fast. You know where all where to jump, where to take the pass, and that's fun to learn. But it's also it's it's hard to learn after a while though, and it's fun to just be able to jump into these levels and and get it the first time. Uh, one of the quotes uh, that I thought was interesting from the Sonic team that I found earlier this week, uh, Yuji, what's his name, sorry, let me get the right name, Takashi Izu Iz Izuka <laughs> uh, wrote, uh, said on Eurogamer, uh, it's very clear to me that just going fast does not make it fun. That feeling when you play a Sonic that the team is really focused on for Sonic Frontiers, which I thought was interesting. It's like we're we're not doing the same old thing for this one. We're trying to we're trying to something a little bit different, which I think could be really good. But what Christian you're saying, I I do agree. The longer that I look at some of these clips, it's like, is this going to pan out the way I'm, I'm I'm envisioning it? Because as soon as I see, it's like this looks awesome. I can't wait. And like like you're saying, I just keep analyzing it. And it's like, uh, I don't know. But everything else and surrounding, yeah. And maybe that's just not the way we're supposed to like play these Sonic games. Maybe yeah. we are just to go off vibes and just like, you know what? This is this is just fine. We're meant to like have fun and just go. Yeah. I don't know. Absolutely. I I'm still excited for this game. I Amy. 
Amy's in it. Yeah, that's all I need, really. Honestly, this this story is probably what's going to... That's such a weird thing to say about a Sonic game, but I'm just here for the vibes, like you said. Just to enjoy this roller coaster that I'm about to be put on, that is Sonic Frontiers. I think uh, I wrote some questions in here, and I think we answered them pretty well. I'm not sure if Gage or Dan have any opinions on... You know what? On Sonic now, yeah. We, <laughs> shake it we need to just make sure that Sonic Frontiers is the best it can be, so let's just delay it to January 1st, no, 2023. let's saying. not do that. <laughs> oh, my God. Christian, do you have any guesses for an open critic score? That's one of the questions. Oh, um, it will for sure n- not reach 80. Um, <laughs> wow. I think it'll be lucky to hit uh, anywhere like in the high 70s. If I had to guess, it'd be like 73 or 74. Hmm. I'll go with 73. 73. I think this is getting a high 70s sort of sort of area. Every the, like the previews that I'm seeing, people that don't even like Sonic, like Alex Van Aken wrote a little preview on his uh, yeah. on Game Informer, and he was like, "This is the f- first Sonic game that I'm excited for since Dreamcast." And he went on to say, "Like I don't like Sonic, but when I played Sonic Frontiers, I'm ready for this." And there've been a lot of people at uh, Gamescom who have said similar things where they're really excited to, to play this game when it comes out. So I think this might have a chance to be good, but again, we'll have to wait and see. But here is a game that everyone besides myself will be able to talk about, so I'm going to set this one out a little bit. But Modern Warfare 2 is on the horizon. Gage, Christian, Dan, I know you guys are excited for this one. What excites you about Modern Warfare 2? How you feel? Oh, yeah. Before yeah, we actually start first, that, did yes. anyone see the leak gameplay? Mm-hmm. You guys okay. did? No, Gage did. I want Gage to start. Me too. Yes, Gage. What? What? What are you excited about? How are your hype levels for Modern Warfare Two? What's going on? Um, I'm so hyped. I'm. This game looks absolutely <laughs> nutty. Um, <laughs> campaign footage that that leaked that Chris was talking about. Very. Should very we short. talk about that? Or what do you mean? Like under leak. copyright? Or what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know okay. if people want, don't want to. I don't know. Oh, spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to get specific. I was just oh, okay. It's really good. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know. It looks good. It looks really good. Um, yes. Yeah. I'm excited for the campaign and for the multiplayer. And hopefully there's some kind. Of, I know. I mean, DMZ, whenever that's happening. But um, yeah, I, I hope that they put a lot of content into the multiplayer and. I hope this gets a two-year life cycle because I'm not a huge fan of Warzone, and I know that's the only thing that gets continued uh, support. So that's my only worry. But man, I'm so hyped! Everything they've been talking about—the gunsmith, the customization, the characters, and campaign—all that stuff—I'm I'm sold. I'm I'm here for it. Let's go. I guess I forgot to mention that I've also been replaying the Modern Warfare One campaign. Nice. Um, full <laughs> disclosure: I have been playing those off a of gummy, uh, and it's been great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, uh, I'm excited for Modern Warfare 2 as well. Uh, and I think what, what I got out of this leaked video without actually giving it away is that it. Uh, I think they're almost kind of nailing the classic, like, cinematic kind of experience. Like, almost like unbelievable action that we expect out of Call of Duty campaigns. Um, I think Modern Warfare 1 had its moments, but like, this one clip that we saw is like, it almost is reminiscent of like, a set piece from Uncharted 4 or something. Right. Uh, and this is, this is without me giving it away. I'm from, like, I don't know, like, 30 seconds, if that, of a, a video from a monitor. 
uh, that's like partially cut off. I didn't get the full you know view, right? Obviously, it's like when it's actually in my hands, it might play a lot differently. But uh, I think what we're seeing is exciting. I think Gage is nailing it. It's like I think what we want is for them to nail campaign, for them to nail uh, multiplayer, and for them to nail Warzone slash DMZ, and for them to get like quality support for two years. I think. I don't know. I feel, I have like a, a sneaking suspicion that it might, this might be something special for like FPS kind of resurgence of online gaming. Hell yeah! Quickly, everyone. Oh yeah, Jade, uh, Dan. I was just gonna echo what you guys said. Uh, it looks really awesome. I've been trying to keep my head down in terms of the leaks because I, personally, sure. I like to avoid that stuff mm. this close to the launch. Obviously. You know, there's leaks that happen years in advance, and you're like, okay, I want to see what what's going on here. But uh, yeah, I'm very interested to see how this campaign turns out with uh, all of the iconic characters now together with Task Force One Four One. I just want to see that campaign. That's that's my biggest thing over the years of Call of Duty. The last few years, I've pretty much just been a campaign boy at this point. So uh, well, I just want to play the campaign. That's it. Oh, yeah. And uh, I just wanted to close this part out with quickly, everyone, high 70s, low 70s, high 80s, you know, and go from there. Like, is this in the 80s, 90s? Dan, what do you think? I'm going to say probably like in the high 80s, like 88, something okay. like that. Gage? I'm feeling 84. 84. So low, low That's 80s. That's so okay. funny, dude. And Christian? And I'm, and I'm right in the middle. I'm thinking 86. <laughs> 86. Nice. All right. All right. All right, our next one is By the one way, that, Oh, yeah. Bro, I awesome. am writing these down. So thank we you. Will go over these. <laughs> awesome. I was just about to start doing that, but thank you for, for writing these down for me. You're way, way ahead of me. Uh, this next one Overwatch 2 multiplayer. Maybe we're a little bit more lukewarm on this one. That's why I kind of added it. So we're not always on the hype train. But Overwatch 2, what are we, what are we feeling? Um, I know I am pretty excited for multiplayer. I did really like uh, Overwatch. Multiplayer back in the day, enjoyed that a lot. Uh, Blizzard in their current state is, uh, you know, well, we don't have to talk about them, but you always feel a little weird supporting their st stuff right now. But Overwatch 2, everything I've seen in multiplayer has got me excited. But the big thing is it feels like Overwatch 1. What's the point of this Overwatch 2 thing besides adding new characters and maps and all that stuff? So I understand that criticism, but... For me, I'm pretty excited for that. What worries me is that it's just more of the same and it doesn't really warrant that number two uh, tacked on it. So it just looks like they're adding more skins, really. Uh, what I'm really excited for is the the campaign, but that doesn't come until next year. But yeah, so I'm a little lukewarm on this one. Christian, how do you feel about Overwatch 2 coming? I, so I'm, so, I'm so sorry. No disrespect no. to you, Overwatch fans, but I have... And maybe I'll go over the story one day on like an, uh, you know after dark stream but i I, de I detest overwatch for, really for some, for some personal reasons where like That's... legit for le legit like audio yeah. bites from that game are, are triggering like i have a terrible experience with, totally. with overwatch I, I would love to give you guys the, the full story someday but no. i won't do that now um, that is exactly so why i stopped playing as well actually. i <laughs> yeah i just i i don't care uh, like i'll look at some of the news and for like does this warrant a sequel I don't know. In terms of multiplayer, like, I legit don't know. It, it doesn't look like it from my end, but that's because I'm an outsider. Maybe people who are actually playing it feel differently. And you, Row, you're spot on. I think what's really going to make this be worthy of it being like an actual sequel is anything to do with the campaign stuff. 
And honestly, people I think are super into the like cinematics for the character reveals and stuff enough. That I think Blizzard might do a pretty good to great job at coming up with some kind of cool campaign. Uh, so like that that's at least interesting. So I, I think Overwatch Two could be could come and and do kind of banging. Well, uh, that and the oh. story's not coming till next year because they they delayed the oh. story stuff. Yeah, it's gonna come in a later season since the game's gonna be free to play now. They said it'll be in a later season in 2023. So when does multiplayer drop? October, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I wonder how reviewers are going to go about this. Like, how do you can you review? Was, do you yeah. need two separate reviews or, or? You could do like a review in progress. I know they did that a lot for Destiny in yeah. the early days, so that could be how they approach it. Yeah, I was going to say this might be a hard one to ask, score predictions for, but you could do it anyway. But uh, yeah, Gage and Dan, how how are you guys feeling? Any 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 different, similar to me and Christian? I mean, I, I played it a couple weeks ago. I played the closed beta, and I was just like, I came away. It's just more Overwatch, and I'm just like, obviously, I enjoyed my time with Overwatch. I I played it a little bit back in the day, uh, not not a terribly crazy amount, but I, I just I don't see this necessarily getting me back into it. Although it being free to play may you know just get me to jump back on just to see what you know what they did to it, but. Yeah, right. I don't know. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I actually just recently jumped back on too. Um, I didn't. I wasn't into the beta. I just I well, there was a reason that I oh they announced that you can share, you can link your uh, accounts now, and that when Overwatch two launches, you can share progress between platforms. So I downloaded it on the Xbox because that's where I played it on originally, and I had all my skins and all that stuff, and did the account linking, and I was like, well, I'm here now. Like I'll play a couple games and. I understand, like, it's unfortunate because I understand why Overwatch really broke onto the scene is that it kind of had that Call of Duty aspect where it's like, of all MOBAs, this one was the, the most fluid, the fastest, the smoothest. It's got great characters, you know, a fun universe. And uh, I do, I do kind of wish that things went differently for Overwatch 2 because I kind of would like to see a resurgence of this. Um, but I think it's one of those problems where it kind of got actually similar to Call of Duty. It just got extremely toxic where... I think what made Overwatch special is when it was a niche. Like when, when Overwatch launched, that first like six to eight months was just like nothing but good times. And then as the game got more and more popular, it kind of hindered itself because you had all these really toxic, you know, kids and adults playing it and just being, you know, assholes. And I'm sure that's kind of what your story, if I had to guess, has to do with Christian. And it just it became incredibly toxic, which is funny because the the game they try so hard to make it not that way, right? The universe is so fun and vibrant and, and bubbly and all that stuff. And um, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel a little bit bad for, for the uh, Overwatch team. Uh, I would like for Overwatch to be fun again and to be popular and to be a good time because I really enjoy my time with it. But yeah, uh, do I... I don't know. What's, I, don't, I thought the whole reason for the Overwatch 2 was for the PvE stuff, and now that's getting delayed. So yeah. I don't know what the hell's going on with this game. I don't think it's going to review well at all if it is reviewable because it's replacing overwatch one when it launches so i don't know how that works but yeah i mean i was most excited for the pve stuff and now that's not coming and it looks like they're gonna break it up into seasonal stuff so now my interest is just kind of like deflated immensely all right guys if it does get reviewed personal feelings out of the way how do you think this review is on open credit again if it gets reviewed 70s 60s 40s. What are we 60s, looking at here? For sure. I'm saying, <laughs> wow. I'm saying mid 60s. Yeah. 
60s for gauge dan how do you feel i'm thinking like upper 70s like 76 somewhere 76. in there yeah. Yeah, cool christian See, I was debating between low 80s and upper 70s as well. What, you Dan, what, what, nuts. What was the specific <laughs> number nuts. you gave? Uh, I said 76. 76. 76. I think with multiplayer coming out on its own, if we're looking at October, I don't think that's enough. I think Gage is actually honestly in the mid-60s, but I think at the end of the day, it's still the great Overwatch gameplay that people still like, even though it is like... Kind of, it's grown to be a bit more toxic. I think because it's still good gameplay, but not much has changed. I think you're looking at more low 70s. So I'm gonna go with 73. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yes, sir. I think I would get high 70s for this one because, like you said, it's, it's just more Overwatch. People like Overwatch, and yeah. But I, 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 not to say that I don't agree with Gage because I do. I just think that yeah, it's gonna review okay. Um, moving in to the next one, Gotham Knights. Holy moly, guys! This was a roller coaster for me because I watched a preview today on IGN, and I'm all in now. I want to play this game. I'm excited. But how do you guys feel, uh, Gage? How do you feel about Gotham Knights? If 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 at all, are you excited at all? Couldn't care less. <laughs> not care less. Like, nope. not, not usually a huge fan of beat 'em ups, and right. Um, I, I played a few hours of the Arkham games at like friends' houses and stuff like that, and it's not, it's not enough to bring me back. Very, very rarely do I enjoy uh, beat 'em up. So, um, yeah, hard pass for me. While I have you here, how would you review this? What, what, what? Uh, what, what do I think? Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, mid seventies. Mid seventies. Okay. Christian, are you yeah. excited for this game, Gotham Knights? What worries you about it? What excites you? Uh, hopefully, at some point, you, you'll talk about what you saw that, uh, yes, from my sure. Okay, cool, cool. Um, up until this case, nothing that I've seen has impressed me. I think from what I've seen, it it all seems weaker than any of the other Arkham entries, like I guess prop from the studio proper from the actual, you know, make Rock City. Um, steady, yes, Rock yeah, City. from Rock City themselves. Like, I think this is Montreal, Ubisoft Montreal, that's doing this, uh, correct? Warner Brothers Montreal. Warren, thank you. Thank yes. you, Dan. The, uh, the video game insider strikes again. <laughs> um, none of it, everything just feels a little bit off. And I know it's because it's a different universe, but like just small things that I think might just haven't really landed. And I think the biggest of them all is that I look for in these games is like a, a really great story. And my biggest worry of all is that they're doing a Court of Owls story with no Batman that is centered on a co-op experience with up to four people where the combat is dependent on rpg elements where your stats matter against enemies that just doesn't feel like it's gonna jive for me personally very well like it could be a fun experience playing multiplayer but in terms of story i just i just don't care and the biggest question of them all is do i want to spend money on this and the answer is straight up no i have so many other games that i'm interested in the fall that i could Spend money on so Rope. if i had to put a oh Sorry. damn please no, go ahead if i had to put a number on it uh i think honestly gauge is spot on with mid 70s um i'd err on the side of more positive and say something like 77 yeah okay row uh i think i think uh 
I may be on your side on this one because it depends though. I I think I'm yeah. waiting <laughs> I'm waiting to see what the reviews look like at launch and depending on what happens there then I may end up getting the game or not getting the game depending on that. Like uh WB Montreal their last game was Arkham Origins and it did per, like middle of the road like 70 mid 70s. I, I looked it up on Metacritic 76 on Metacritic. So if it does that again, I don't know that I'll be that interested in picking it up. Like, you know, here's a game, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but if it if it like tells an interesting story and it, it has fun gameplay with co-op mechanics that are really cool and gives us like a, a mid-80s game, I think that would be really awesome and I'll definitely pick that up. So I think it'll be interesting uh, to see what the reviews are. I'm projecting like maybe an 80 is my projection for this game and which I don't know if that would be enough for me to want to pick it up. I don't. Hmm. It's kind of on, um, on the TV. Dan, 90s and up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> only, no, no, no. Only, only play bangers here. <laughs> I don't mean that. I just mean like, you know, Arkham Knight and I'm not even Arkham Knight, but Arkham Asylum and Arkham City were such fantastic games and they told an interesting story and had cool mechanics. Like if this game does that, then it's going to get like 84 at least. Like if it, sure. you know, if it gets 80, I just feel like it's just going to be more of the same from WB Montreal where it's just like a, a back rack Batman game, essentially. Uh, I, I think it sucks a little bit from me personally that both the Batman games that are coming out um, are centered on like co-op centered combat. Suicide Squad is what I'm talking about. Um, that game is a little bit worrying to me too. Um, from the IGN uh, preview, they uh, discussed like a day and night cycle uh, in Gotham where where you're out fighting crime, it's always night. You don't have to worry about the sun rising. And when it is daytime, or when you end your session, it becomes daytime and you go t back to like the bell tower. I think it's called Belfry or whatever. It's like the hideout for all the Gotham Knights. And that's where you uh, gather the information that you uh, found the night before, decide on what your next move is going to be for the previous night. And how they described it, it seemed like it's so... There's like a main story, but everything else is up to you. And I liked how they described like the, the main bad guys like Harley Quinn and... Uh, Mr. Freeze, Clayface, and all that kind of stuff. You can go about that in any way that you you want, and those are like optional stories. And it's hard for me to explain it now since it, it's not as fresh in my mind. But I like how they went about that kind of storytelling. Like, there's the main story, and then there's these optional uh, crimes that you have to dive deeper into night after night. It, it seemed like there's a lot of planning that goes into what you do next in this world, besides just doing the the story missions. I, that that alone got me excited. I, the Batgirl gameplay seemed fun. The Red Hood stuff doesn't seem super good. Seems really heavy. I didn't like that. Robin and Nightwing looks kind of cool too, but the Batgirl stuff looks really fun to me. Um, but yeah, I think the story looks pretty good actually. The, what, what, I, what I saw from the preview. I, I know not a lot of people are super high on it because of its Court of Owls, like one of the, one of the most uh, popular Batman stories, and that's a lot of pressure. But what I've seen so far, it seems... They're doing an okay job with it, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I love that Roe is pretty much explicitly horny, but in the most explicit <laughs> ways. Very innocently, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think this is going to get a high 70, like 78. 
on that that area. Glenn says he's a Batman addict, so he's getting yes. it. We know Glenn. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, Dan. All right. Sorry. <laughs> I won't spend too much time on this one because I don't think anybody here is super excited for this next one. Uh, Pokemon, well, besides myself, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I'm excited for it. It's Pokemon. It's not, what, Christian, shaking your head? What's going no, on? I keep going. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's Pokemon. I'm excited for the open world stuff. Um, what I'm worried about is the gimmick of the crystallization, terrestrialized stuff. They do this all the time where there's a new gimmick. It's getting annoying. <laughs> Stop it. I know you have to do it. I'm not the main target audience. Kids are, and they love this sort of thing, but I am tired of it. Just give me Pokemon, but I, I'm never going to get just that. But I'm excited for it. I think it's going to get high, low, actually low 80s. I think it's going to get low 80s, like 84 is what I'm, I'm predicting for this one. I will up the stakes and say 87. Ooh, it's high. Wow. I like it. I like it. 85, just for the heck of it. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, wow. Uh, Glenn, I, Glenn's calling out Brenty in the chat. He says no Brenty today. Shame. <laughs> For shame, father. I'm sure he liked it and then just and, and dipped. But yeah, he didn't so say real, it. He might be at work, though. Yes. True. I thought you were, you know, pulling a joke on us by saying none of us were interested in the next game. Oh. Was, you were talking about this one. Oh, right. I did skip over one. That was oh. my bad. That's, yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> So if we're done with with Pokemon Sun and or Scarlet and Violet, we'll rewind to what I what I should have said next, which is God of War Ragnarok, which we are all excited for. But Christian, how 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 excited are you for God of War Ragnarok? How this this is going to be huge? Okay, <laughs> I'm not that excited right now at the <gasps> moment. Oh. at the moment, oh. I have full confidence that the game is going to be great. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, it's going to be transformative. I can't wait to have a gummy <laughs> experience Ragnarok, you know, for myself. Wow. <laughs> it's going to be absolutely fantastic. But I just haven't seen enough of the game for me to, like, care right now. To be like, oh, I can't wait. Like, no, it's coming when it's coming, and I'll be excited when, it, when it's actually coming in, in the fall. Uh, that said, Game Informer, uh, month, their cover story for this month is God of War Ragnarok, and they've shared a little bit of video clips and pictures, and they look absolutely gorgeous. For this to be a PS4 game and PS5, I think uh, Santa Monica did a great job at making this feel like a truly premium product. I'm pretty sure the, the footage they're showing is from the PS5 version of the game, but even just small stuff like traversal in the boat felt really epic in a four-second clip. Like, that water looked freaking stunning, and then the music behind it I was like, wow, this is just like a normal standard thing where the Kratos is going from one place to another on the boat, something that we've done very monotonously in the previous game, and it feels epic. And I say monotonously because, like, you do that a lot in the game, row your fucking boat to the next area, but, like, the way Santa Monica did that game, I was enthralled every time I was on that boat because, the like, we're going to something else that's epic and I'm excited to get there, but then having the mirror on me, like, talking to me yes. about the world that I'm in, like, I felt, like, really enthralled in everything that was happening in Ragnarok. So, like, no doubt, like, when I say I'm not excited right now, my hype check is still, like, this game is going to be amazing and, and, and it's going to be great when it actually lands. Uh, Metacritic? Skip Ooh. me for now. Okay. Okay, we'll come back to Christian then for the Metacritic score. Uh, Gage, how are you feeling about God of War, Rag? 
I actually I agree with uh, everything Christian said except for it being transformative. It's definitely not. Oh. I think it's going to be a very iterative sequel, but I think it's going to be very good. And um, yeah, no, yeah. everything that Christian said is is um, I echo. Like I, I'm, I'll, I'll be excited for it when it's you know when it's a week out and uh, you know we get the launch trailer and stuff like that. But yeah, I am looking. F- I am definitely going to play this. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, but yeah, um, there's other things to worry about in the meantime. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I'm just gonna say I echo everything you guys said. <laughs> Very excited for it. Uh, I think it's gonna be a really great game, and I'm gonna throw my projection of 92 out there. Yes. Whoa. The original I think was 95 or something. 94. This was, 94. This this one's getting an 89. Baller move. Baller move. Gage. Okay. I. So I'm going with 90. I don't think it'll be as strong as uh, the 2018 version, just like I guess how all three of us. Um, I want to comment on something Gage said, because I think he's right. I think for me personally, I think that the story elements of that where that narrative is going is going to be the transformative aspect that I mentioned. In terms of gameplay, I think that I think Gage is right. That's where you're going to see some kind of criticisms come up where it just feels more iterative or like kind of uh, like almost kind of samey as the first one. Like there's improvements, but it doesn't feel as like a much of a change from the original got right. award to what 2018 was, but the story's still going to bang. IMO. Yeah, I agree. Yes, and yeah, it, I guess again, this is kind of like the Last of Us Part 1 kind of discussion for me, where what's transformative to you, and for me, story is usually what puts those games on another level. Sometimes, like, the Last of Us gameplay is like, it's good, but like, what made it that amazing experience for me, I think it's good. It's it's the story that makes it transformative, and I think if God of War has an amazing story, it's going to be transformative, even though it's like the same gameplay as the first one. I think it could still be like one of the greatest games of all time without it reinventing the wheel, sort of. If that right. makes sense. But uh, I think I'm I think I'm going to go with low 90s as well. Like Dan, I think it's a 92 as well. I would have to agree. Heck Christian, yeah. why'd you look at me like that? What did I say? Huh? Dude, The Last of Us Part 2 gameplay is fantastic. It's I meant, part, I, meant, I meant Part 1 when I said that. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I misunderstood. My, I'm, my apologies. <laughs> so, I yes, I will take the L. Part 2 is amazing gameplay. Part 1's gameplay is has been done before. And I think it's good. But the story is what sets it apart, I think. Anyways, okay. we have the last two ones here to go. Callisto Protocol, I have absolutely nothing to say. It disgusts me. Why do you guys like this stuff? <laughs> Dan, how do you feel about the Callisto Protocol? Very excited. Uh, Glenn Schofield's put together a great team there. Um, some ex-visceral people. Let's get this game going. Uh, I want to see some crazy death animations. They did say that there's an achievement for seeing every single death animation in the game, which that's so cool. Wow. Yeah, wow. that's so cool. <laughs> uh, Bro. You excited for that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the game's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be great. Uh, maybe not, you know, top class, like, you know, genre defining or anything like that. But I, I definitely think it's going to have the same feeling and tone of the first Dead Space game and, you know, really invoke that that atmosphere. And I think I think it could get, I'm thinking 89 for, for Callisto. That is high. Wow. Yeah. I think it could get there. That is on the higher end of what I was thinking, but I'm just going to go with it. I think it has a shot. I, I think it has a shot of getting that high, yeah. Christian. 
You have a hand raised? Yeah, I raised my hand because <laughs> I got excited because Gage and I, when we were playing Halo 2 together, uh, we were talking about Close Protocol and uh, Dead Space, and we had just like pitched this question. I don't know who brought it up. It was like, if we think one is going to hit and the other isn't going to do as well, which game is going to hit, which one isn't? And I, I felt pretty confident saying I think Dead Space is going to be like the game that is received better critically compared to Close Protocol. And I'm just judging off like the very little we've seen from CP. I don't know why I abbreviated that game, but I just did. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I feel like there could be like maybe some spaces where it feels a little bit like iterative from games that have come before. Like I'm thinking Tomb Raider with those sequences, right? From that long gameplay sequence, the stealth sections. I feel like there, there might be a little bit of jank and roughness around the edges enough for it to maybe not do as strongly as, as other games. But I still think it's going to be a great game nonetheless. So I am sitting at an 86 open critic Metacritic prediction. Oh yeah, I think this is going to get high uh, high 80s as well. I will say 85, <laughs> 85, sure. Um, and our last one here is High on Life, the talking gun game with by Justin Roiland. Um, yeah, this was shown at the game or Gamescom a little while ago, and there's a couple of breakout videos that came after that. Um, I think. Dan, I think you might have been the highest on it when we first saw it. In terms of, I think I think you were the highest on it. So I want to start with you. How, how did you feel about how do you feel about High on Life later this? Yeah, I'm I'm just excited for the writing in this game and the comedy aspect, just because you know I feel like comedy in games is fewer and far far between than you know other any other genre of games. So uh, it's very cool to see this kind of stuff uh, pop up to the surface, and uh, obviously with J Justin Roiland uh, making Rick and Morty, uh, he has experience with writing that kind of stuff. And everything we've seen thus far, like some of the clips that people have been sharing online from like Gamescom footage is just really funny. Like I love just the comments like the guns make in like certain situations. I don't want to spoil anything if anyone doesn't want something spoiled, but like situations that you're put in with the gun and you like you try to fire, but it, your gun says, I'm not going to fire. That's a terrible idea, like based on the context of what's happening. Uh, I just think is really funny. It's going to really like hit me in the right spots for comedy um oh i'll hit you in the right but, spot oh yeah <laughs> uh but i do think that there's going to be some jank in terms of the gameplay i don't think it's going to be like breaking any you know records for the greatest gameplay ever or anything like that but I, i'm thinking the story and writing may lift it up a little bit and that's why i'm gonna say an 80 for this game wow 80. Yeah. Uh, Christian. Thoughts? Um, I'm a little bit on the other end. Um, none of the writing has hit for me at all. I don't remember laughing once at any of the stuff I've seen. Um, like, I'm not, I'm not convinced that George, Justin Roiland's writing is going to be strong enough in a gameplay for it to sustain it for, like a, a, like, a longer FPS campaign. It works for the short VR experiences because they're so unique and different and... and you're interacting in a different way, whereas FPS game, like from the clip that I seen of the boss fight, just didn't seem as anything like that I really needed to play. Granted, it's on Game Pass, so I'm like, I'm gonna give it a shot, uh, no doubt. I think my biggest complaint is actually people on Twitter trying to be funny and dunk on the game from like a 15 second clip of 
a video from <laughs> opening night live where it's like you're not being really funny either like just like we'll judge the game as like as an actual thing by the time the game actually comes out like you don't need to we don't need to dunk on this game right now it's, you know it's it's fine um yeah uh i think i think that people are going to actually end up enjoying the writing a little bit there are going to be a lot of funny moments kind of spread apart but i don't think the gameplay is going to hit uh the way we maybe would hope it would so i'm sitting at low 70s 73 prediction uh gage high on life are you high on life on life <laughs> uh, um you know what i kind of i kind of echo what christian, what christian said um the uh, you know none of the writing has really really hit for me the the most recent clip that went around about the uh that dan shared i, I thought that was funny and that that made me chuckle but this is kind of similar to me. Uh, this is actually very similar to me uh, as Scorn, which Christian is actually excited for. Both of these <laughs> games are like, both of these games are a generic shooter underneath a kind of uh, what they're trying to pitch as like a fresh coat of paint. One's just gross and this one's just trying to be funny. But to me, everything I've seen is just very like, this is just a generic shooter, like not really anything sure. for me to write home about. So, um, yeah, I'm not. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not too excited. I, I, if I had to guess what this is going to get, I'm going to say low 80s, 81. That's higher That's than what high. mine is. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what was yours, Dan? Mine was 80. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. Then let me bring it down. I'm going to say 73. <laughs> That's what I said. Hell yeah. Wow, that was quite the difference. What a jump yeah. from 81 <laughs> to seven a bit. 73. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I agree with uh, what Gage just said. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to say 73 as well. Honestly, the I like that clip here. too. I like I like that clip too. That w- what we saw with the I don't want to spoil it either. No. But um, yeah, some some of the uh, some of the writing is working. Some of it isn't. And I hope most for for Justin Roland's sake and whoever's working on it. I hope most of it does. But right now, from what I've seen, most of it hasn't for me. So that's why I'm giving it a low 73 or a low 70. But yeah, there we are. There's a lot more games coming this year, guys. But those are the, the highlights I wanted to, to, to speak about. There's obviously Splatoon 3. There's uh, Bayonetta 3. There's a lot of other games coming out this year. But uh, we'll be here forever for about all those games. But uh, yeah, so we did it. 2022 is looking good. Looking good. Yes. Looking really good. So are you. And you any 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 anyone from this list do you think will be in the game of the year um, talks? Anything on here or no? God of War, right? God of War, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's probably the only one. Maybe honestly, out of all I these. think God of Warfare Two, depending on how the campaign turns out, might be able to. I think that's the only thing that keeps it from being in uh, game of the year talks is the lack of multi- a, a campaign sort of like really that really sort of breaks new grounds. And if they hit, I think Modern Warfare Two might be in talks. I think the issue there is how long has it been since we've had Call of Duty in that conversation? I don't even know. Has it ever been in that conversation? No, that's no. So yeah. I think that's the tricky part there. But that's what I just said, Daniel, if you listened. I No, I listened. I listened. I was just adding my sentiments, <laughs> you know. All right. If there's nothing more to add, guys, it's time to say goodbye to everyone. Is there anything you guys want to say? Or is it time to say goodbye? 
time to say goodbye. Let's all say goodbye. Let's say, goodbye. say goodbye. Let's all goodbye. smooch Goodbye. Goodbye to you, my friend. Anyways, I, Dan, I deleted... <laughs> what? I deleted the outro oh. in, I, I think, in the PXN, so I don't have it here to read. So I'm going to go off cuff here. If there's anything that I missed, please fill it in. But thank you, everyone, for joining us on Podcast PXN. We record live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and on Twitch. You could find us on Stitcher, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Spotify. All of them. Dan, all of them. We're everywhere. So if you want to find us, just search up Podcast PXN and you shall find us. But until next time, I am Roshan. That was Daniel. That was Gage. That was Christian. And thank you all of you for joining me here today. And until next time, later will be greater. The champion. Shut up, Dan. We can't end the show without saying much, much love. Oh, much love. Keep on rocking the <laughs> Keep on gaming. I forgot. Keep, keep on gaming. Yeah. <laughs>